When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast. It is transfer deadline day. I'm your host, Andy Musgrove, joined by our Newcastle United editor, Aaron Stokes. The time has just gone quarter to six. And as we speak, we're not expecting any big movement, any movement at all from Newcastle United on transfer deadline day. It has been a very quiet transfer window, but truth be told, we kind of thought this was going to be the case this time last week. When, um, yeah, it was all but over for Newcastle United. Eddie Howard dropped some hints and his window grew closer to coming to an end. It was all but clear no big business would be happening. Although Kieran Trippier and Miguel Amion were both, both subject to some big bids from teams. But Eddie Howe made his feelings clear on both players. We're going to get into whether it's a good window or not. What that means for the summer to come as well. Aaron, you doing well on transfer deadline day? Yeah, you know what it is? I think I've just realised that we may just have jinxed this. And even though Newcastle United, as we say, look like doing no business at all, the fact that we're recording this at quarter to six on Thursday evening, um, we are opening up ourselves to having to log back on later at 11 o'clock and suddenly say that we've signed anyone. But as you say, um, it doesn't look like that's going to be the case. We've, We've pretty much been aware of that the last couple of days, anyhow has seemed very accepting of the fact that um, the business has been done. We know last week there was a little flurry and all of a sudden out of nowhere you had the likes of Kieran Trippier and Megan Almeron and Callum Wilson all suddenly linked with bids. They've kept hold of those. I think that's changed the perception of the window a little bit. Um, but yeah, a very, very quiet deadline day for once. Hmm. I think once the news came out that uh, Bayern Munich had pulled out of the race to sign Q and Trooper because we had a few bids come in one after the other. That was when the moment probably hit that nothing was going to get done in or out this January window. And we've mentioned there the bid for Miguel Amiron, but as the days towards the, the, the close of the window grew ever near, it was always going to be a very big gamble and not one that you could say anyhow wanting to take. And it's good that he's he's got his way in that. And we know what a big fan of Amiron he is and we'll speak about the interest in Amiron in a bit, but you mentioned there the first uh, question I want to ask Aaron is, is it a good window? Because some will be sitting here watching and listening to this and saying, Newcastle needed a number six, they needed a striker, they needed X, Y, Z, and they haven't got it. But given that Darren Eels came out on the record and pretty much said, if anything's going to happen, we're going to have to sell one or two of our stars. Now, he didn't necessarily mean it was going to happen this window, but you read between the lines and Newcastle needed to sell to buy. And that did open up a can of worms. It did attract clubs who were going to be cheeky. We saw it with Atletico Madrid's bid for Callum Wilson. We saw it with Q and Trippier and the interest from Bayern Munich. You know, Newcastle United left themselves open and were vulnerable to bids should any side decide they wanted to try and sign their stars. But they've kept hold of them. Surely that has to be classed as a positive. Well, if I was cynical and if I was a bit of a conspiracy theorist, I'd say Darren Eels has played an absolute blinder. Because all of a sudden he's came out and, as you say, he's invited teams to make bids and Newcastle United have fended them off and now they look like they've had a good window. Whereas, in truth, two weeks ago we were sort of faced with the fact that we weren't going to sign anyone and it was all very negative. Now, I think if you ask me if it's been a good window, I'll say no because I think 
Newcastle United needed one or two bodies uh, through the door this month. We know why they can't get them. We know why they aren't spending. Um, you only have to look across the Premier League and Europe to see that nobody's spending really. Um, and on paper, Newcastle United's squad is good enough, but you look at some of the, the circumstances that they're under. Now, Sandro Tonali's ban is a huge um, factor in this month and also Joe Litton's injury. I mean, we were saying this time last month, the window was just starting. We say they need to go out and get a midfielder. Seven months, seven days, sorry, into the window. Joel and limps off at Sunderland. And that, you know, should have really been the catalyst to go out and get one. Um, people who have listened to this podcast know that I was all for Calvin Phillips and taking a bit of a risk and paying a hefty loan fee. Um, so, yeah, I don't think the window's been good. Yes, fair play. They've held on to some fantastic players. I'm really glad Kieran Trippier, above all else, has stayed put. Um, given that he was probably the closest to leaving. Um, but no, personally, I think they needed a midfielder at the very least um, and they haven't managed to get one at the moment. At the moment. So what would you have done though? Because clearly they haven't got much room to manoeuvre. And yes, they might be being a bit more stingy than maybe you know they could be in terms of, you know if they really wanted to spend, maybe they could have found um, a little bit of wriggle room. But it, it seems like Eddie Howe, if he had his first choice, and it seems like it, he's got that, he would have rather kept hold of everybody rather than bring a, a player in and lose somebody from the squad that he's got at his disposable at the moment. Yeah, I know. I completely understand that. And I'm not saying that, you know, they should have forced one of those four or five players linked with an exit out by any means. But, you know, I think you look at, and you've got to bear me, but, you know, stay with me on this one. But look at what Spurs have done with Timo Werner now. Yes, he's a striker, he's not a midfielder, but. That was a really shrewd deal from them to get a player of that quality on loan from Leipzig. Newcastle United and Eddie Howe said all window, they don't have any friends in the loan market in the Premier League. You know, maybe could they have gone to the continent and try to find a little six-month deal or, um, you know, could Dan Ashworth have worked his magic on, on some form of deal like that? Um, and I think you've got to go back to last year, really, when Newcastle United pretty much said they weren't going to spend. And now, obviously, they were in different financial circumstances back then. They had a lot more room to manoeuvre. But they went out and they got that Anthony Gordon deal well ahead of schedule. Um, now, as I say, you know, you do have to caveat that with the fact that they did have a little bit of wiggle room this last this time last year. They don't this time around. Um, but I think you just look at that midfield and, you know, you won Bruno uh, Gamera's yellow card away from him missing two games. If Sean Longstaff picks up another injury, which is possible because he isn't, you know, bulletproof, then you're really down to bare bones. Um, and you're talking now about drafting Lewis Hall or Matt Ritchie or Anthony Gordon back into midfield. So um, I understand why they haven't been active. You know, maybe I'm just being greedy, you know, for saying I wanted somebody in, but I just think they're really, really short in that position. I think with the Spurs deal, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find anyone that wouldn't want to have seen uh, Timo Werner at Newcastle United. But I guess people would come back at you and say, Ivan, well, Spurs are, are well ahead of Newcastle in terms of the project and their financial fair play figures will be looking a little bit better because they've got the big sponsorship. They've got the European money coming through from previous seasons. You know, who have Spurs let go to allow that deal to happen? They probably didn't need to let anyone go to let that deal happen. Mm -hmm. So that's mm -hmm. where... A bit of the difference is, but yes, yeah, there will be questions to how, particularly Spurs keep getting these class loan deals and Newcastle don't seem to be able to, to sort anything out. And I think on the question whether it's been a good window, I think it's all about 
balanced when you look at the answer to that question. You have to take into consideration what Downhills came out and said. You have to take into consideration the constraints in which Newcastle are working under. And then you do have to ask the question, if it came to selling Kieran Trippier or Miguel Almiron and bringing in Calvin Phillips on loan, is that really an improvement to the squad? And it's that kind of balance and that kind of thought you have to put into the answer, I think. Not 100%. And, and you know, please don't think it's just me as simple as saying I wanted a player in, they should have done it by hook or by crook. Um, and as I've said, you only have to look around the Premier League to see that everybody is now a little bit cautious of spending. Arsenal haven't spent, even though they really need a striker. Manchester United could really have done with a replacement for Anthony Martial. They haven't gone out and get it. Chelsea, who have spent at will the last three windows, are now, you know, keeping their, their powder dry. So, um, and also, you've got to understand that Newcastle United in the summer, especially under this new ownership, have really, really attacked these windows. You know, first time around um, with the likes of, of Isaac and um, Nick Pope, and then obviously in the summer with Tonali and Livermento, and, and 120 million in total spent. So um, you also have to factor in the fact that they're going to have a lot of the Champions League revenue. Um, in the next 12 months. They are, of course, going to have a lot of TV money yet again. I wouldn't be surprised if players moved on in the summer. They've got the Adidas deal on horizon as well. Things will get better. Now, Newcastle United have made, their, they've increased their revenue from 70 million to 250 million, but they're still miles off, you know, the likes of Manchester City, who are posting 600, 700 million in terms of money in. Um, so they'll get there. Got to remember that they're only two years into the project. Um and they've done fantastically well in recent windows. Um, I just think you look at where the squad is now, the injuries they've had, the the positions they're lacking in, and I think that's the only reason why I'm saying it's a bit of a negative. Definitely, in an ideal world, they would have brought in a number six and another striker for me. But I think you just have to be accepting of the position they find themselves in and, and what they're hoping on as well. They're hoping on the return of Joe Wicker, Harvey Barnes, et cetera, et cetera, in the next you know few weeks. And then Newcastle continuing the good run of form they've had over the last you know a uh, few games. That's what the, that's what they're aiming for. It is a bit of a gamble though, isn't it? Because Newcastle United's look with injuries this season has been nothing short of a nightmare. I mean, Alexander Isak, the prime example going off against Aston Villa, we're told it's not too serious. Now, we are recording this before Eddie Howe's press conference on Friday. Not that that matters, because Eddie Howe will say one thing, and, you know, goodness knows something else will happen with Alexander Isak, with all due respect to Eddie Howe, he's allowed to do that. Um, but he could be missing for weeks. We just don't know at this stage. And if, at least on Saturday, it looks like it will be Anthony Gordon up top, you would imagine, which is, uh, is a, I think, an advantage to Luton, because Gordon is best out on the left. Uh, and it, there are holes in the squad. They definitely are. But it is just it just reaffirms when you cast out on the stage of this project, they just haven't got the money to spend. Yeah, absolutely. And and just to uh, bring up our favourite topic of the third striker debate, I'm ready for Anthony Gordon to score the hat-trick on Saturday, which finally proves my point that he is an adequate third strike striker. But that is a debate again for another day. Um, well, you don't want to have it now. You don't, don't want to. You don't want to say you've changed your mind on the third strike. You no, look, we don't. We don't need to discuss it. But just going back to your original point, which I should have answered straight away, um, we do have to remember where they are on the project. As I've just mentioned, their financials, even though um, they have, in theory, the, the you know the richest owners uh, of pretty much anyone in Europe, these new PSR rules, which are changing by the way um, from the start of next season, have really hampered clubs like Newcastle in terms of 
will hamper them. You know, we will say other clubs will look at, you know, they're trying to make it fair, but um, it's clear something needs to change. You know, Newcastle United have, have um, got this money that they want to spend um, and hopefully in the coming season they'll be able to spend it. But as I say, you know, in two years' time, if we're still doing this podcast, we will be talking about a completely different Newcastle United who um, have dramatically improved their revenue off the pitch. They'll have a lot more commercial deals. They'll have extra sponsors. We might even be talking about, you know, um, Aramco at St. James's Park. All of these things which will massively benefit Newcastle United and aid them to do a lot more things in the transfer market. They'll also, I hate to say it, have probably sold some of their best players and be able to recoup that money Um so we've got to be patient, you know, I I would say, you know, to get my positive hat on. Let's look forward to the summer because you can probably imagine a summer like we had last year where we had four or five really good promising signings. Um, but yeah, I know that that's easier said than done because we're obviously sat here. It's still the January window and all fans have wanted us just to see anybody through the door. And we'll get on to the summer right at the end of the podcast because we need to answer the question about it being a big summer because that's what they set themselves up for. But yeah. just in terms of kind of the, the two, let's say the three main players who were linked with a move away this January, Kieran Trippier, Miguel Amiron, Callum Wilson. Had that interest, Aaron, come earlier in the window, let's say the first week, do you think the outcome may have been slightly different for one, two or maybe all of those players? Um, yeah, look, potentially because it's weird because all, all players have got sort of different um, context around their move. So Kieran Trippier, for example, I think Eddie Howe, no matter whether it was January 1st or January 31st, will have been doing whatever he could to persuade Kieran Trippier to stay put. Um, I personally think that if interest in Callum Wilson had been a bit more concrete and if Miguel Armron had been open to leaving Newcastle this month, even last week when these Al-Shabaab and Saudi Arabia rumours first started, I think that was a deal that could probably have been done um, purely because of what it would have allowed Newcastle to do financially. Yes, it would have only probably brought 20 or £25 million pounds into the club in terms of Miggy's sale, but it would have allowed them to spend probably £70, £75 million due to his book value and his contract. Um, so maybe. I think Trippier was probably a no-go for how very very clear that you know Trippier's came out in the last couple of weeks and say I've always been committed. Wilson, you had a real couple of days where you thought, okay, this interest is really starting to hot up. Atletico Madrid had a loan been rejected. There was a lot of talk, speculation, tentative speculation about Manchester United, Chelsea, and clubs like that. Um, and Lascelles, I mean, look, we're sat here four hours before the window, but the Turkish window doesn't shut for nine days, and Besiktas are still, from what we hear quite keen to do a deal for ourselves. I think given the fact Newcastle won't be able to bring any um, players in after today, I don't think that one will be a goer. Um, but it's certainly interesting to know that these deals did come quite late. The interest came quite late. Had they came two weeks earlier, who knows? How do you think Eddie Howe will be looking at it upon this window? I imagine he'll be quite happy, like we said, that he hasn't lost any of his big-name stars. And I wonder if also... Let's imagine that these offers have come in and someone's gone, right, there's an offer for Kieran Tripper, there's an offer for Miguel Almiron. Eddie, how are you feeling about this? He's relayed back to Darren Eels, Dan Ashworth. This is what I'm thinking about this player. I want to keep him. I want to keep him. And he's been listened to. So he will be taking the window and the fact that he's kept, let's say, Miggy and Trippier as a as a tip of the hat, you know, that, that, that confidence in his want, in his decision-making that he's been listened to. 
The 100%. And I think it goes back to the wider point that Howe and Ashworth and Eels and Silverson and Stavely and Gattusi and PIF are all pulling in the same direction. You know, quite easily, um, you know, the ownership could have said, look, we've got this deal for Kieran Trippier. It's £15 million. We want to go. The player is happy to go. We need to pull the trigger. But there's been none of that. And I think, um, I think we've, we've been talking about the perception a lot and how the perception of the windows changed. I think Eddie Howe's perception of the windows changed. Um, because all we've really heard from the last week is I would happily close the window now to make sure we don't lose any of our big players. And I think Darren Eels, I know we, we joked about it earlier, but I think Darren Eels' public comments two weeks ago about needing to sell really did open the door and open the eyes of a lot of clubs to think, OK, Newcastle are in not a bit of bother, but we could maybe get a deal done here. I think Bayern Munich saw that as the perfect opportunity to try and get Kieran Trippier. Um Eddie Howe uh, will be absolutely delighted that the window is closed. As I say, we've still got four hours and he's kept all his players. Um, fans, maybe not so much because obviously incomings are the name of the game for them. But he'll be very, very happy that none of the big players have left later on. But, and I've spoken about this this week on, on a couple of podcasts, I definitely think there's an acceptance and an understanding from fans. You know, the Darren Eels comments um, kind of set were dampening expectations to some degree. Yeah. And then when you know there's a long-term project, we've talked about what might happen in the summer. The expectation now will be that they'll go big in the summer, but then they will have extra finance from the sponsorship deals from Europe, you know, and, and what have you. But I think just the fact that the owners are ambitious and they've been open about it, but we also know they're very meticulous in their plans. You know, they will know who they want three or four windows down the line. Mm-hmm. I think that also helps... Newcastle United fans, some who will be disappointed, just accept that actually it's all about the bigger picture, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think fans fans understand what we've just been talking about and that's you know where we are at the project. They know that in the years to come, it's going to be fantastic. Um, and there will be a lot of deals to get excited about on and off the pitch. I personally think going off Newcastle's history of just the last couple of years, there'll have been players that in an ideal world, they would have loved to have signed in January, they'll have maybe set the markers and they'll be going straight back at it in the summer when they know they've got the funds. You only have to look at what they did with Sven Botman. You know, they were desperately keen to get him from Lille in January um, after missing out on Diego Carlos, who obviously stayed at Sevilla, then went to Villa. Um, so they'll be they'll be working towards it. And look, the club have known that this January was going to be how it was. They knew that if they didn't sell anyone, they weren't going to be spending lots of money And that will have allowed them just a little bit of breathing room to say, look, let's look at what we can do in the summer. Let's look what we can do with a fresh start next season. I'm not saying they've wrote off this season. Eddie Howe certainly hasn't. Um, But obviously they're out of the Champions League. They're only fighting for one cup and they're still sort of clinging on to a European push. So it's not as crucial now as it would have been, you know, or is in the summer at least. It also sort of protects Eddie Howe in in a strange kind of way, doesn't it? Because, you know, even if another bad run of form comes up, you imagine he's still pretty safe in, in his job because the owners will take into consideration the horrid look with injuries. And then also he can rightly argue, well, actually, you weren't in a position to to back me in January to to fix the issues that were there before the injuries and that have arisen since, you know, I look with injuries. And I kind of think that's actually a really good thing because it offers that little bit of stability because if Newcastle's up with injuries continues, then another wobble somewhere down the line before the season ends is inevitable. But I think the players and Eddie Howe will value knowing that he's that he's pretty much, I don't want to use the word untouchable, but 
that there's a that there's a, a way through to the end of the season where he kind of gets a clean slate in the summer. They'll back him, and then hopefully we're back to what we saw last season: Newcastle top four, Champions League. Yeah, absolutely. I think it goes back to what you said about Eels' comments and that sort of tempered expectations a bit. One in terms of January, but also for the rest of the season. Okay, look, we can't spend now. If we fall away this season, we know that it's down to injuries. And a lot of people from the outside as well, not just Newcastle fans, have rightly pointed out Newcastle have been absolutely devastated by injuries now. Let's say they had had the ability to go out and spend £80 million in January, and they did do so. That injury excuse score kind of becomes null and void because you've got the outsiders saying, well, hang on, you can't complain about this and that when you've just spent you know, more than the Premier League combined in that winter window. So it does give Eddie had a little bit more stability. Um, I think, obviously, he's already got so much credit in the bank anyway um, that, as you say, I don't think he's untouchable, but he, he's very, very close to it in the eyes of um, at least the minority owners. So, yeah, it'll be interesting now to see how and if they can change their look with injuries. They've hired a new physio today um, from Leicester. So, yeah, they need a bit of luck. They need to get players back. They need players to stay fit. But as you say, you know, Eddie Howe, Eddie Howe always said they would wait late in the window to do incomes because he was really confident they would get players back. Um, we've obviously seen Jacob Murphy come back. We've got Harvey Barnes on the cusp. Callum Wilson's close. Willock and Anderson both close. Touch wood. And I'm really touching this wood. They're turning a corner now. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> yeah okay i mean that i mean that is that i mean that alan partridge account on twitter may well clip that one up sorry it's meant to be a family show <laughs> um <laughs> i mean paul dummett was linked with an exit um today ipswich uh interested in him but newcastle kind of i mean it was only a tentative ask but newcastle not al- allowing him to go you know and a few people say well what's the, what's the point in that but i guess the alternative of that is, well, you're not going to get much money from him. I think it was a loan interest. He's not going to be on that much wages. And it is, or it looks like Newcastle United are just trying to keep that squad together until the summer comes, when you imagine there will be a big revamp. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, Eddie Howe's spoken a lot about wanting to keep Trippier and Wilson in the cells and whatnot. But um, you're absolutely right that he's wanted to keep these sort of fringe players, to call them that, in the squad as well. With Paul Dummett personally, I think, you know, Ipswich or any other club, if they came in from knowing um, a bit about Paul Dummett and how much he loves Newcastle United, even when he's not playing, I think it would have taken a huge offer for him to jump ship at this point in time. It was only a couple of months ago he was getting drafted into the team and playing in big games. He'll be thinking that could quite easily happen again. Um, I'm personally very, very glad to see him stay. I think it would have been a real shame to lose him um, at this stage of the season and at this stage of his Newcastle career especially given how well he's done this season. Um, so, yeah, I mean, a little bit of interest as well in the cells, as we touched on from Besiktas. He looks like he will stay as well. Looks like Isaac Hayden is going to finally go out on loan. Um, QPR is uh, reportedly the team that he's going to head to. So a little bit of movement. Um, but, yeah, thankfully, thankfully, uh, a lot of names stay in put. Are you a little bit surprised that Newcastle maybe didn't try and push a few of those whose contract expires in the summer towards the door. So I'm looking at the likes of Matt Ritchie. Paul Dummett is one of those. Emil Kraft is another. Jamal Sells. Just in terms of, you know, if you're not going to give them a new deal, and we are getting pretty close to, to the line here. I mean, obviously, there's still, you know, six months or uh, seven months or so, and, and they may well get a new deal. But you would think that 
if there are those new deals, maybe it would have been sorted sort of thing. I mean, are you surprised that, well, I suppose also no one's come in for them, but are you surprised Newcastle's kind of not made it made it clear maybe that Emil Kraft, Matt Ritchie are, are, are up for sale and try to get a couple of million now and, and, and not risk losing them for a, on a free in the summer? I mean, not really. I mean, the fees we'd be talking about here what are so minimal, I don't think it would make a difference. And I think more importantly to Eddie Howe is, yes, Emil Kraft, Holder and Matt Ritchie are, are fringe players in this Newcastle squad, but they've been, probably all three of them, been in more matchday squads this season than not, given how short Newcastle have been. So I think Eddie Howe, whether it was Kieran Trippier and Alexander Isak or Paul Dummett and Matt Ritchie, all respect to them, I think he wanted to keep the entire group together. Now, Mankio, um obviously left earlier in the window. He's probably in the same bracket as some of those players. But he's had his real struggles with injuries and there was always that agreement to him that if a club in Spain came from, they would, wouldn't stand in his way. I think the Rafa Benitez thing as well made it an absolute no-brainer for him personally. But I think the likes of Mitt Ritchie and Dummett, they had an opportunity really if they wanted to go in the summer to go. Eddie Howe wasn't going to stand in their way. They've both decided to stay, at least for this season. We obviously don't know what's going to happen during the summer. Um, and I think losing anyone in January would have just added more pressure on them to go and sign when they still didn't have the resources to do so. If it was me, I know this won't go down particularly well with everybody. If you have got a progress, I'd be offering Emil Kraft and, and Jamal Asales a new deal, at least for a year, just because I think they're really good squad members and that would then allow Newcastle to strengthen in the summer elsewhere. I mean, Emil Kraft, you know, Spears International. Howard looked at injuries, but he, the games he performed since he's come back, he's, he's very capable of doing the job. And yourself, for me, excellent this season. The unsung hero, in many ways, a surprise package, whatever you want to label him. I think he's, he's earned a new deal uh, for at least 12 months. Yeah, I was a little bit surprised to some of the some of the abuse, shall we say, that you got on social media the other day. I mean, I know that it's water and ducks back to someone like you who gets so much of it, but um, you got quite a bit of stick for obviously saying you'd give Jamal Asells a new deal, which I um, agree with. And I think... Sorry, wait, really, you, agree, you agree with the abuse or the giving him a new deal? I usually agree with the abuse, but on this <laughs> at this time around, I agree with... I, I would like to see Lascelles stay if he wants to. Um, I was really surprised by the reaction to your tweet because of how well Lascelles has done this season and how much he's been praised by Newcastle fans this season. But all of a sudden, you know, you, you dare to question that he could still be here next season. All of a sudden, uh, fans aren't so, aren't so loving. Um, Emil Kraft, I absolutely love. I think he's been fantastic. He was, he's been very good on the rare occasions that we've seen him this season. Um, he has already spoken publicly on the record about wanting to stay. I completely understand that there'll be people screaming at the screens now saying we need to progress, we need to move these players on eventually, and they will. Um, but I don't think there's any harm if the players want to, like the sellers, like Kraft, keeping these dressing room players around, experienced. Um, you know, if you do have Jamal Sells as a fourth choice centre back next season, I think that's a very good option. If you have Emil Kraft as a third or fourth choice right back, um, I think that's a very, very good option. So I would personally like to stay. I completely understand if they want to go and, and seek first team football elsewhere. Um, but I was a little bit surprised by the by the reaction to that tweet you put out. Yeah, I I, I took it and then I wrote an article about it. Did a YouTube video as well about it, and it was all just about prioritising where spenders. Didn't bother you. No, it didn't bother us. I wasn't rattled at all. It's all about prioritising where Newcastle can spend because we think it's going to be a big summer, but they're not going to have an endless amount of cash. So if you can keep two seasoned professionals like that as backup, who you know can do a good job, then it makes sense and that allows you to go and spend money elsewhere. You mentioned about 
players that Newcastle maybe wanted to sign, Aaron, there'll be a list of players that fans thought they should have signed. But you also mentioned the fact that very few clubs are doing business. We've seen Calvin Phillips go to West Ham. I know that's a deal you'd have liked to have seen. But you look elsewhere around the league and there's not too many moves at all that you'd be envious of. There's not many moves at all, period, and not many that you'd be jealous of, I don't think. No, absolutely. Um, as I mentioned earlier in the show, you've got the likes of Arsenal in Manchester, United and Chelsea really um, point back refusing to spend. Tottenham have done a little bit, bit of business. I would have personally loved Timo Werner. I know he's got his haters given his time at Chelsea, but I think he's a, he would have been a really good asset. Um, they've obviously also went out and signed um, Dragasan from um, the name of the team escapes me, but they've obviously went and signed out a very, very highly rated centre-back who Newcastle were actually uh, in talks with earlier in the season. Manchester City have gone out and spent £12 million on a on a young Argentinian who looks very, very good, but won't be anywhere near the first team. Um, and those are the only deals off the top of my head that I can even think of. You know, it's been so quiet. Um, now, I think that's a bit of a saving grace if Newcastle United was sat here and they hadn't signed anyone. But Arsenal and Villa and Chelsea and City and all these teams around them had strengthened massively. I think we'd be sat here and go, OK, Maybe it's a little bit worrying, but everybody's in the same boat. We all know about obviously Everton and Forest and how that's changed the game in terms of teams wanting to spend. Um, so no, I don't think you're looking around thinking they've missed a huge opportunity signing wise. And yet, Nottingham Forest have just spent seven million pounds on Matt Sells. You know, still got no. some cash somewhere. You, you you talked about the abuse that I got for the Lascelles uh, tweet. I did also get a little bit of abuse this morning, but it was of my own making because I did put out a tweet asking about Brogia from Chelsea, totally neglecting the fact that uh, you can't loan uh, two players from the same club. Although I did see in the tweet, if available, so that I clearly knew the rules, obviously. Um, but it's interesting, isn't it? Because I think had Newcastle been allowed to loan a second player from Chelsea, would Brogia had you know, the interest of certain people, especially given the injuries, it looks like he's off for a medical at Fulham, four million pound loan fee. If certain criteria is met, you know, given that Newcastle definitely need a striker, I do wonder if the situation presented itself and it was allowed and everything fitted together, would that have been someone that maybe Newcastle United fans would have gone all right? Four million quid, pedigree striker in the Premier League. Okay, hasn't had the best time of late, but we know he can score goals, and Newcastle United need a striker. Yeah, I mean, firstly, I'd just like to say you're very, very honourable for one, bringing up that you made the, the brochure mistake. Two, for the fact you didn't just tweet and delete or claim that you, you knew what you meant and you just said available. You fronted up to it and you admitted it. So fair play, you're a, you're a very honourable man. Thank you. Um, on brochure himself, um, a, a bit puzzled by this one because all we've heard all month and all season is how Chelsea desperately need a striker and they're getting rid of a, a very, very good one here. Um, in Brogia, linked with Newcastle a lot over the last year or so. Um, many people thought that they'd get him last year uh, and were a bit disappointed that they didn't. One thing I will say with Chelsea is that, yes, they have done a deal with Lewis Hall and they've essentially loaned Lewis Hall to Newcastle, but they know they're getting a big chunk of money at the end of the season from that. Would they have loaned Armando Brogia if they could have to Newcastle, knowing that they weren't going to really get anything out at the end of it and strengthen Newcastle? I'm not too sure, but for me, very good, very good player. Um, who, yes, hasn't had the best of time of it, but there's definitely talent there. You know, you watch him and he looks very, very um, good. He was very good at Southampton. 
Um, so yeah, if the opportunity presented itself, especially given Isaac and Wilson's struggles of late, I think it would have been a uh, it would have been a good a good deal for them. You say that though, but I mean Fulham twenty five points, Chelsea thirty one. So it's not exactly like Chelsea are loan and Brugia to a team who aren't right on their coattails, and it mm. doesn't appear that there's going to be any fee at the end of the the, the deal either. Um, so who knows? Maybe they would have done Newcastle United a favour if indeed it was doable. I mean. Would you have sent Lewis Hall back and brought Brogier in instead if that was on the table? Um, no, I don't think so. I, I really like Lewis Hall. I think he's been done a bit of a disservice. I'm, I'm itching for him to get more minutes. And I think in time he will come good. Um, so, no, I, I wouldn't be sending him back. There has been an arrival. Uh, we knew this one was coming, though. Alfie Harrison, 18-year-old, signed for Manchester City. Big things expected of him. Uh, are you excited about that one, Aaron? Uh, yeah, looks very, very talented. Um Bear in mind, I've only seen a couple of YouTube clips, as I'm sure any Cass United fans have. But um, for an 18-year-old, he seems to have done very, very well in Manchester City's youth ranks. Um, he was called up to the senior side in November to train with the Manchester City first team um, before their Champions League game with young boys. Um, and the Manchester Evening News today reporting that uh, City have included a selling clause in the deal, um, which could um, see them pocket a tidy profit in the future should he move on um a lot of people seem to be a bit unhappy that he's only signed a deal until 2026 um i suspect that there will be an option in that to extend it um to 2027 or beyond that but again i feel like i'm i'm repeating the same thing yeah every week or every time we have a podcast but just goes to show they're really really keen to strengthen this academy setup they've signed some really talented players and the fact that they went to Manchester City, a player who's, you know, caught the eye of Pep Guardiola and said, look, we can offer you a better route to the first team here. And he's jumped ship. By the way, this lad's been at Manchester City since the age of nine. It's a huge, huge coup. Um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what he could do in the next couple of years. Given Newcastle's time of it with injuries of late, he might get an opportunity <laughs> sooner yeah. rather than, than, than later. But yeah, great signing. Great to see them really planning for the future. Um, now, like we said, Aaron, we are recording this. Well, we started recording at quarter six, now 20 past six. We don't expect anything to happen at all, do we? That we were recording this now because we expect it to be closed shop. We I expected it to be a closed shop gone gone Friday or Saturday last week. So um that's it, isn't it? Done and dusted. Well, we've we've done it at six o'clock and I hope we can jinx it and spring the castle into life so that um we get we get caught out. But no, as you say, we've pretty much been expecting this for days, if not a couple of weeks. We always knew that once the doors sort of got closed in recent days and Eddie Howe started to come out and talking about Trippier staying, then Wilson staying. Then the other day, um, after Aston Villa, he was very, very confident that um, Miguel Almond was staying. You sort of got the idea that nothing else was going to happen. We don't, as you say, think anything is, um, unfortunately. But never say never with Newcastle United. Never say never. And at least the Miguel Almiron fan club can stay open for a wee bit longer. And after that performance against Aston Villa, it's a good job. It can do. Now, final question. You, did, you grimaced there. Are you not? Yeah, because, because I, 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 sorry, I don't want to throw you under the bus here, but somebody must have clipped up the fact that you resigned as the Miggy fan club. And all of a sudden, you're back. You, you're a real turncoat because you started the fan club. You should have been there thick and thin. And you handed the keys over a couple of months ago, and now you're 
you're back on the Whoa. train. I, I've just called you an honourable man, but I might have to take that back. If I remember correctly, I resigned because I wanted him out of the team and I felt as chairman, I couldn't say that and still be chair. It was nothing to do about his ability or talent. Very, very just, I, You know, I, I had to resign in, in honour to say that he should be dropped, but um, he certainly won't be dropped for the game against Luton. Now, final question. The non-action in this window, for whatever reason it's happened, and I would say we, we understand it from a fan's point of view, Downhills came out and kind of set it up. It does set them up, though, for what has to be a huge summer, doesn't it? Um, yes. Well, does it? Yeah, yeah, I think it does. Um, but what I will also say, and just to zoom out again, if, if Newcastle United had all their players fit and they hadn't had this rotten injury look, that squad on paper looks fantastic. Yes, they need to upgrade in certain positions, but I think, you know, you're missing some really key players. Sandra Sonali coming back is going to be, of course, I don't even need to say, it's going to be absolutely fantastic and huge for them. But I think in the summer, what we will see is a bit more of that rebuild. I think we'll see, uh, maybe not another midfielder even come in because they're going to have a couple back by then, but I think maybe... Um, we'll see another winger brought in. We'll see a bit, little bit of a change up front and maybe Wilson does take the decision to move on. I think we might see another improvement at left-back. There's been talk before Nick Pope got injured that maybe it was time to you know get a new goalkeeper in. So I think come the summer, there'll be a lot of positions that fans want to see improvement in. I think we'll start to see Newcastle move some of these players on as well so that they can keep recycling those funds and they're not relying solely on you know the revenue. You've got to remember they've sold so few players compared to how much they've spent. They've spent nearly 400 million across the last four windows. The only real sales of note have been Alison Maximum and Chris Wood and, and players like that. So um, it does set them up for a big summer. You've got to hope now, as I say, they have a bit more luck with injuries. They've finished really strongly. I think that win on Tuesday was huge in terms of getting them back in the hunt for a European finish. Have a good go at the cup um, and then hopefully spend again in the summer. But Knowing this ownership, you've got no doubts they will spend in the summer. If they've got the resources to do it, which we think they will, they will go out and spend. They've proven time and time again they will improve the team at every opportunity. Um, it's just a shame we've got to wait five months until we can get excited about it. Yes, indeed. I'm intrigued about this one. Out of 10, how were you rating this window? Well, I remember when we did, we did this podcast on at 11 o'clock on deadline day in the summer, and I remember... Given, given it a 9 out of 10 and it always stuck with me because then a couple of weeks later when they were, they'd were, they lost pretty much every game and Lewis Hall wasn't getting the game and Tino wasn't getting the game I was thinking was that too positive now I'm going to go middle for diddle and sit on the fence and I'm going to say 5 or 6 because they should they should have gone out and signed a midfielder anybody just another set of legs so it should be low but they've kept all the key players trip your saying's huge i'm gonna say no I'll, I'll go six is that too harsh i know not 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 six. six you go six aaron stokes sitting on the fence who would have thought i mean you say they should have gone and signed in midfielder but you know they just clearly haven't got the funds to do no, so i know i know i know no. i know what's sat here am i saying they should have gone out and signed someone at I completely understand why they haven't and why they've kept it you know why they've kept their funds for the summer and why they haven't do you think you know, do you think if it, if, it, if a real deal came up like the Anthony Gordon one last January then we'd be sitting here and they would have signed 
that player? I mean, if they really wanted no. to, do you think they could have gone and done so? No, no. And this, this is again why I don't I don't want to look like I'm being really harsh. They couldn't have done it this month without incomings. But I just think, you know, go out and try and find someone on loan. Go out and try and, you know, work your magic a bit so that, yeah, just get someone through the door. But maybe they can't even afford the £7 million loan fee for Calvin Yeah, well, look, everybody knows my thoughts on Calvin Phillips. It, it would have been a it would have been a, a risky deal, but I think at six, seven million, it would have been, I think it would have been a goer. I also understand that West Ham are paying a bulk of his wages, which are about £130,000 a week. You know, that is not easy when you're paying Sandro Tonali, you know, around those figures anyway. Um, but no, I just think, I think if if it, if they brought a midfielder in on loan, you know, the other week we were talking about players like Hoiberg, if they brought someone like that, even if they were out of favour at their clubs like Phillips, like Hoiberg, I think it would have bumped the window up to a seven or an eight. I think it would have really improved Newcastle because it's the position they need. They don't need to go out and spend money on a permanent midfielder because they've got four waiting to come back on top of the four that they've already got ready and available. So, I think a loan deal for a midfielder made sense. I, I, I'm not too bothered with the fact that they haven't gone out and signed a winger or a striker or a left-back, as other people have been saying, because I think they've got enough there till the end of the season. Striker, maybe not, but... Striker, maybe not, but... I think the midfield <laughs> was the was the priority, and they haven't done it. But, as I say, we understand why they haven't done it. You've got to look ahead at the summer now. Yes, indeed, we do. What about, what about yourself, of course? What, what do you rate the window? Do you know, for all the grief I've just given you out sitting on the fence, I don't think six is a, is that bad of a of a mark because I don't think you can overly go in celebrating, you know, with the party poppers and all that. But also, I think, given what we know of their situation financially, not losing any of their big stars, yeah. you know, their, their squad hasn't been weakened or that wasn't the strongest position in the first place because of the injuries and suspension of Tanani, but at least it hasn't been weakened. My big fear was that they would sell Kieran Trippier or they would sell Miguel Amiron and suddenly there'd be a failed bid for Morgan Gibbs-White or or, or, or whoever. And then yeah. Newcastle would be left without a, a, a really important squad member, without a replacement. That was my big fear. So that hasn't happened. Yes, we all would have liked reinforcements. We would have loved a number six. I would have loved it an out-and-out striker. But it just hasn't happened. And like you say, we accept why it hasn't happened. And we roll on to the summer uh, where they will invest and hopefully... I mean, if there's no European football, hopefully there is European football, but if there's not, they can have a real good go at, who knows, the Premier League next season. But that is something to talk about uh, in the summer and looking ahead to the next campaign. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. It's about Luton on Saturday. Uh, Aaron, thanks for popping on to the podcast. You guys watching on YouTube, hit subscribe, give this video a thumbs up. To you guys listening on the podcast channel, thank you as always. Uh, give us a rating and review really helps get the show out to a wider audience we appreciate your support head over to chroniclelive.co.uk where the transfer deadline day live blog will be still running right up until the close of the window um, who knows we might have to put a sign in there that we didn't know what was going to happen but we're confident unfortunately nothing will happen but still pop over there for the best analysis and opinion thank you very much for tuning in for myself and Aaron we'll see you guys very soon